Hi, I'm Jonathan. And I'm Jeremy. And welcome to Inside Quotes, the show where my brother and I discuss our favorite childhood movies. This is gonna be fun. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning, I'm making waffles. Since we were kids, we've been obsessed with movies and have found ourselves always speaking to each other in movie quotes. To the point that we formed many inside jokes, or as we like to call them, Inside, inside quotes. quotes. That was bloody brilliant. Each episode, my brother and I will be taking turns picking a movie to rewatch, review, and relive the magic of our childhood. Mm. I know some of these words. We hope you'll join us for the ride, and maybe we'll make a few inside quotes of our own. Enjoy the show! Hello and welcome back to episode 25 of Inside Quotes. My name's Jonathan, and as always, I'm here with my brother Jeremy, but in a special episode, we are actually recording from the same house. The first time since episode one. (laughs) And I think it's very ironic that it's our first and last episode of our first year recording in the same place. It's kind of cool. You might be wondering where we've been. We've been, uh... We've been. We have not been uploading regularly, and you know that's uh you know the holidays and and whatnot. Uh, we we like to release the show weekly, but you know we're not making any promises, so you know no promises right here. The show's free. You get what you pay for, and moving on. Uh, well, we kind of we kind of made plans to record this multiple times over the past few weeks. <laughs> that that is tr- very true. Uh, I, I recall going down for Thanksgiving. Uh, to Tampa, where you live, Jonathan, and yes, I'm aware. That's kind of like <laughs> pushing off. We'll be like, "Hey, we'll do that when I get back." That didn't happen. Then I came down for Christmas. I fun fact: I actually did pack my microphone with me, but I was running late to the airport. Almost like this movie that we're talking about today. Uh, oh. I'll get I'll get into that story later. Anyways, I had to kind of. Switch my carry-on into one personal item just to save time. So I did not take my microphone with me down to Tampa. But we're back now in Bowling Green, Kentucky. We are Home back. of the free and land of the brave. Well, you alluded to the movie uh, a minute ago. Jeremy, why don't you tell the audience what movie we're covering this week? So we are covering the 1990 Christopher Columbus film, Home Alone. Some people would say this is their favorite Christmas movie. But Jonathan, is this movie really a Christmas movie? Not in our house. There's there's a huge there's a huge uh calling and argument for Die Hard and Gremlins to both be Christmas movies. But basically if you're going to badmouth Die Hard and the people that say that Die Hard and Gremlins are both Christmas movies. 
then you also have to say that Home Alone is also not a Christmas movie. It takes place during Christmas. It's not about Christmas. In our house, we never limited this movie to, you know, December. We watch this any time of year, this is multiple the, times a year. This is our little shelf of default movies that we would always go through. We had a, yeah. a repeat of six, a rotation. One might say that this movie is a staple of our childhood. This, is, this movie really is a staple of our childhood. And when I say staple of our childhood, I mean a little red and green sparkly lone stapler that staples. And we've said some other movies are staples, but for real, this is really a staple. <laughs> um, I know we're on a quest to find the best children's film. And we're about to find out if this is the best one. And tomorrow, by the time this is released, this will be released New Year's Eve. And on New Year's Day, we're going to go through all of our movies and see which one is the best one of the year that we covered. And I'm pretty sure this is going to be up there. Saving the best for last. Making no promises. That's our new slogan. Making no promises, though. It's you and me and no consistency. (laughs) Well, before we get into the episode proper, I just wanted to take a moment to thank today's sponsor, Popeye's Chicken. I'm sitting here right now, Jeremy, with a delicious (laughs) Popeye's Chicken sandwich. And oh, is it so good. How old is it? (laughs) You know, it may have been even better if I had eaten it when I first purchased it several hours ago, but I wasn't hungry for it then. Jonathan, it is currently 12.35 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> we got that sandwich at dinner time, and you're too full to eat it. <laughs> well, that's because we also got some Chinese food. <laughs> uh, Japanese food? <laughs> Sorry. Japanese food. <laughs> so I filled up on hibachi chicken. <laughs> it was a good time. So, yeah, Jonathan came up to visit me this week after Christmas and for New Year's. It's been a pretty good time. But we got a new sponsor, Popeye's Chicken. If you it, love my chicken at Popeye's, now serving spinach and with olive oil. You know, I think this is the latest. In fact, I know it's the latest at night we've ever recorded. So this is either going to be really good or or not. <laughs> it already is so good. <laughs> Late night Jonathan Schlub Schlub Jonathan on the couch just eating a ch- fried chicken sandwich is the best. It's a mood. <laughs> <laughs> You've got nothing to lose. Oh man. Alright, so Jonathan, you were not born in nineteen ninety, and I wasn't either. So neither yeah. of us saw this in theaters, so we don't really have any like memories of it, but I was going to say, I I can't remember the first time I ever saw this movie. It's just, this movie has just been so ingrained, yeah. like, in my consciousness for since the time I was born. I, I, I don't remember the first time I've seen it. It's just, it's always been there for I'm me. I'm pretty sure, like, if, like, my room was messy, mom would just come in and be like, Kevin, what did you do to our room? And I would be like, what? My name's Jeremy. But yeah, no, I don't. I I don't think I remember the first time watching this movie at all. It might be a human instinct because I think every human on the face of this earth has seen this movie. If you haven't seen Home Alone, what are you doing with your life? <laughs> I mean, it's a holiday movie. I mean, there's five of them. You have to see at least one. 
And speaking of the other movies, I, I have a hot take. It's probably not that hot, actually. Home Alone 3 is better than Home Alone 2. There, I said it. I don't care if it has Macaulay Culkin. Um, okay. Um, let's, let's let people blow off some steam after that comment. Um, before I say that, I fully agree with you. <laughs> Home Alone 2 is good, but it's literally just Home Alone 1. That's all it is. Except the family's closer and they're not, like, not in France and he's lost in New York. There's still booby traps and it's still like the same structure. It's the same formula. It's, a, it's, it's really not the best sequel ever done. But here's another question, because Home Alone has a movie within a movie. Angels with Dirty Faces. Yes, that's a classic. Now, is this... I can't recall the name of the sequel. I don't know if it's Angels with Dirty Faces 2. <laughs> but is Angels with Dirty Faces 2 better than the original? Uh, I think it's longer. Is there more scenes in the second one? There's nothing more iconic than the first movie, but I don't know. It, it, there's more characters in it. And you can't forget, Tim Curry is in this second movie. Oh, I'm not a fan of his. You don't like Tim Curry? No. Jonathan, he's in Muppets Treasure Island. My favorite Muppet movie. Well, as you recall, Treasure Island was not on my top three Muppets. So, Jeremy, do you have any interesting uh, stories of being uh, left home alone? Uh, I wouldn't say super interesting. I just remember, like, my first time ever being left home alone. Do you remember the age you were when you were left home alone? Probably you're, like 12. You're a middle child, so it's a little different. I was going to say, we didn't really get left at home because we had two older brothers. Yeah. So when we got left at home, like we weren't ever home alone. Yeah. So we weren't the man of the house. Um, but after our older brothers went to school, then it was me. I, I don't know. I feel like the first time I was ever left home alone or left in charge of you, I was probably like 12 or so. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. I was probably, yeah, 10, 10 or 11 or 12, something like that. I just remember um, being home alone. I was probably 10 years old. And it wasn't for that long. It was not for that long. And I think, I think mom had just like went to go pick up something from the store or I don't know what it was. Yeah. It's like, Oh, I'm going to be back in 20 minutes. Kind of a deal. Yeah. Just one of those type things. Uh, and apparently, uh, Miss Wilman, one of the scout leaders in our troop yeah. had to like drop something off to her. And I guess mom forgot that she was coming over to like drop that off. And I didn't know anything about it. Cause obviously mom didn't know about it or she forgot about yeah. it. And she left the house and within that like 30 minutes to like an hour that she was gone uh that was the perfect window for miss wilman to show up and i was home alone in the house first time ever and uh the doorbell rings i'm like you can't over explain how frightening it actually is to be home alone as a kid and having some random doorbell like having some random person ring your doorbell that you don't know. You're not expecting any guests. I didn't order no pizzas from little Nero's. This is pre-Amazon. 
So it's just not like a, oh, I'm getting a package. And Let's be clear. This was not pre-Amazon. <laughs> this was just okay. pre-us Amazon. using Amazon all Pre-Amazon the time. Prime. <laughs> well, maybe. Nobody used Amazon back then. Do you want to know what the first thing I ever bought on Amazon was? What? Uh, I was 16, and I had recently gotten my first like debit card. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, I can buy things online now. Oh. So I go on Amazon, and the first my first online purchase on Amazon was the Weird Al Show complete series on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And I was like so nervous about like putting my credit card information in on Amazon. I was like, oh man, is this is this site gonna be sketchy? Wow. So I, here here's another question for you. Okay. Do you, do you recall any uh, booby traps that you've ever set around the house? Oh, I'm sure I have. I have to think about it. Do you have you ever done that? Um. Well, I know of one that you did that I can think of. <laughs> Are you talking about the water thing with Dad? With Dad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't have done anything to any burglar, but just freak him out. Okay, so our dad. Would always deliver mail in his in his van, and he had, I kid you not, at least five hundred r- r- like loose rubber bands in his van at all his minivan at all times, and mm-hmm. uh, you just find rubber bands everywhere, and I decided I was going to take some rubber bands and booby trap our kitchen sink <laughs> by getting the little water spigot or whatever the what is that called water hose. You know, the little thing that you spray um, instead of running it under the faucet. Um, I put like three rubber bands over the over the little trigger thing on it to hold it down. And because like whenever you would turn the knob, it would just spray right out at you. It was pretty genius. It wouldn't be the first time anybody's done that. I'm pretty sure I stole that idea from somewhere. Not. It's a, it's a classic. It's a classic. Uh, I thought I was a genius, and then I realized that other people have done that before. Yeah, but but you were trying to get me though. I was trying to get you, <laughs> and I don't remember what it was that I did. We were in a prank war. We were, uh, we still are to this day, actually. And you got me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't remember what I did. All I know is you were trying to get me back. You locked me in the shower one time. Well, anyway, you can finish anyway, the story. <laughs> I was trying to get you. And I did it in the morning because it was just me, you, and mom. Or I think it was just me and you that day, actually, on that Saturday. Yeah, it was probably a day of us just watching movies all day. Yeah, origin story, inside quotes right there. And starting to, like, get on each other's nerves a little bit and pranking each other. I turn to watch it this time. I get to choose. Uh, <laughs> so I did it that morning, and I forgot about it. I was waiting for you to use the kitchen sink. Like I always thought you would. I guess 12-year-olds, or I guess 14-year-olds don't normally use the kitchen sink as often as I thought. (laughs) You don't need the sink to make a peanut butter and ham sandwich. (laughs) Hey, listener, if you haven't tried a peanut butter and ham sandwich, stop what you're doing right now and make one. (laughs) All right, now that you made it, it. take a bite. (laughs) Gotcha. It's disgusting, right? Yeah, gotcha. Uh, that's another prank you did. Well, it wasn't really a prank, but it's just like 
Yeah, I just I just convinced Jeremy that that a peanut butter and ham sandwich was really good. I'm like, there's no. And he's like, really? I just said it. I just said, yeah, I'm gonna make a peanut butter and ham sandwich. You want one or something? I just said it so confidently, and he's like, yeah, that'll be good. I want to try that, and he went and made one. <laughs> you made one and ate it, and it was disgusting. You made it look like you were gonna eat it, and you're like, you want this one? <laughs> I'm like, uh, what is it? Peanut butter and ham? What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> it was just around the time I heard about what a fluffer nutter sandwich was, and I was like, that's weird. So, so no, I did not go use the sink. Anyways, uh, so I forgot about it. We watched some more movies that day, and Dad gets home from work, and you know, dads when they get home from work, they're all tired. They just want to, they just want to make their coffee and sit sit on the couch and just ch- chill out after their shift or whatever, and um. Little did Dad know that he had a surprise waiting for him because he, he turns on he turns the knob for the sink and he gets a face full of ice cold water. <laughs> <laughs> so it sprayed him and I got him good. So my 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 booby trap worked perfectly, just on the wrong target. Yes. So if I was home alone, I'd do that. I think he was pretty upset after that. I think that ended our prank war for a while. Yeah, we were not allowed to pull pranks on each other because of that. He, mm. Dad can take a prank, but I don't know. That that one really set him over the edge that day. <laughs> Just imagine getting home from work after a long, hard day. And then the first thing you do is you turn the kitchen sink on and you get a face full of jet propulsion water. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. That would suck. <laughs> that would ruin my day. I'm so Dad, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I've said I'm sorry before, but I really mean it this time. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, when I'm saying we have a prank war still going on today, it's more of the uh the lizard the lizard war you want to explain that Jonathan? so our older brother justin when he was a kid i think before jeremy was even born he he had a pet iguana mm-hmm. it's like small green iguana the named iggy only pet that we were ever allowed to have yeah and, the, and that, the iguana really freaked me out i was so scared of that thing so i did i shed zero tears when that thing died and we didn't have it very long um sorry justin (laughs) pour one out for iggy um but he got he had this toy iguana this like plastic i i don't actually know what it's made of all i know it was like the same it was very lifelike it looked just like the one he had and it was like made to look very realistic the way it was painted and everything and so it was this toy, it's this fake lizard. And I mean, me and Jeremy would just like get freaked out by this thing. <laughs> by this by this fake lizard just as much as the real one. Yeah. And uh I don't know when I don't know when it started, but it's just one of those things where you like, you know, you have like a fake snake or something, and so you try and scare people with it. And we started doing that with the with the iguana. And that's been a back and forth thing for years now. It, this has been a thing for years, yeah. But I remember <laughs> the first time you did it, you put it in the fridge. Yeah, that's the last place you're gonna look for an iguana. 
or any lizard whatsoever, any reptile whatsoever. My my favorite one that I did was it was uh, it was at Oakdale, the Oakdale house, mm-hmm. and I put it in the oven. <laughs> oh yeah, you remember that? That one got me so and bad. I rigged this one good. This was a good booby trap because I rigged it to where the when the the oven door was opened, it like dropped down. Yeah, but it was still like hanging by its tail. <laughs> And so it just like it didn't like drop and fall to the floor or anything all the way. It just like dropped down <laughs> halfway. And I remember that one really got you pretty good. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wasn't pretty good um, with that sucker. I mailed I mailed some things to you mm-hmm. like a year or two ago. Yeah. Some DVDs. And I th- I went I I was in possession of the lizard at that time, so I mailed it to you. <laughs> <laughs> we've I, I, I remember, stuck it in there. I remember us making a pact. I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think we've decided this. Prank war is gonna end uh the day one of us dies. And whoever whoever dies first um has to put the the iguana in their casket and be buried with it forever. Alright. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that'll happen. And I'll scare you in the afterlife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting there with the real with the real Iggy <laughs> waiting for you. I said I'm not afraid anymore! Do you hear me? I'm not afraid anymore! Like all the classics of our childhood, we had this one on VHS. This is the stapliest of staples. Yeah, and... The great thing about about having movies on on home media versus streaming home media. is that we've got the we've got the previews at the beginning. Yeah, and this one had the greatest, probably the greatest commercial of all time for Pepsi. Yeah, I'd say. Who knew? <laughs> and I feel like I should just go ahead and play it here. Okay, just so everyone can hear it because it's just it's just my favorite. I, I like know every line of this commercial. It's my favorite. It's so good. <laughs> I've never, I have never fast forwarded through this commercial. I've always watched it. What makes you cool is your attitude, your inner self. It's not the way your hair is cut. It's not the clothes you wear. Not the clothes. It's not what you drink. Got that right. You got Pepsi for me. Who knew? If anyone else had this movie on tape, let us know if you remember this commercial. Yeah, I, it also I remember having kind of a uh, a brief commercial for American Airlines. Yeah, Pepsi and American Airlines, I guess, were the the product placement of this movie, amongst other things. Oh, uh, little Nero's, little Nero's, your- the American Dental Association, getting a plug. <laughs> Delivery in under 20 minutes, or it's free. The American Dental Association needs to thank this movie that I even know what their name is called. (laughs) I would not even know about them if it were not for this movie. And now when I go and I buy a toothbrush, I ask myself, is this approved by the American Dental Association? I thought it was the only impression that every toothbrush has to have a standard that's upheld by them. Isn't every toothbrush approved by the 
American Dental Association. Uh, but okay, so the ADA seal of acceptance. Look for the ADA seal. Your assurance that the product has been objectively evaluated for safety and efficacy. Is that the right? How do you say that? By an efficacy. Body, <laughs> efficacy. Uh, by an independent body of scientific experts, the ADA Council of Scientific Affairs, the ADA seal category section on ADA.org provides a list of manual and powered toothbrushes that currently have the ADA seal of acceptance. A toothbrush that earns the ADA seal or toothbrushes with the manufacturer provides the scientific evidence demonstrating safety and efficacy in the removal of plaque and reduction of gingivitis. Toothbrushes with the ADA seal have had data reviewed by the ADA Council on Scientific Affairs and have met the recommendations for both manual and power toothbrushes. Bro, like, I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you finish, but it's like 1 a.m. <laughs> and that was the most boring thing you've ever said. <laughs> this is my favorite Jonathan right now. <laughs> Podcast Jonathan really comes out at 1 a.m. <laughs> Listener, if you really like our our, our conversations at 1 a.m. or past that, let us know, and we'll keep doing it. Okay, so. Right off the bat, the movie starts out uh, with a house full of chaos. Kids running around, packing, and ordering pizza, and organizing, drinking all the milk before it gets rotten. But then there's this cop, allegedly, and he's just in the house without a warrant. (laughs) He just walked right in, and he's looking for parents, and he's like talking to Seven people saying who's the owner of this house. Yeah. But, like, does it not confuse you how the cop got in there? Was it a different time? Just cops just don't walk into your house. I mean, if he rang the doorbell or whatever, like, I feel like just some one of the kids probably just would have, like, let him in or whatever. That's that's very possible, actually. <laughs> but he, they don't show that. He just kind of starts out. It shows everyone, like, walking around around the house. And then... Joe Pesci is just sitting there at the bottom of the stairs with his gold tooth asking people, you know, do your parents live here? No. Why? Of course. Why wouldn't they? Actually, that's kind of cool foreshadowing because he's at the beginning of the movie. He is at the bottom of the stairs with his gold tooth shining. And that kind of foreshadows to the end of the movie where he gets whacked in the face with a paint can, knocking his tooth out. It, yes. Isn't that cool? I just put that in. For me, it's the, the pizza guy coming to the house and constantly knocking over the uh, statue outside the house. That is one of the best things. I think that should be an homage in every movie. That's just one of my favorite running gags of all time. <laughs> he does it twice. I think the, the people that come to pick up the family in the morning from the air, to take them to the airport, they <laughs> that's the best part about that second one is that they don't show them they don't show them like actually knocking it over. You, it. you see them knocking on the door and then it cuts to like one of the employees, like just already Bring trying to put up. it back up because <laughs> it's on the ground. I kind of want to get a, uh, whenever I have my own house and family, I kind of want to get a replica of that statue and just, put it. I'm sure that exists. Uh, every character in this movie is like so memorable, like not, not just like the, like the main cast, but like every brief cameo, small character in this movie like the pizza guy you've got john candy as the gus polinski the polka player i'm with you i'm with you on this except for the um his family members that are under the age of 18 the i can't remember any of them 
did you even know which ones were like his actual siblings? Nope. I think Buzz is his actual sibling, and that's it. No, there's a few. The only I feel like the only way you know is the scene when he's in bed and he's looking at his family, mm-hmm. like after he's kind of had a change of heart and he's like wishing that they would come back. Yeah, he's looking at a family photo, and there's it's basically like him and like three other kids, but the rest of them are all uh, Woof. you know, just cousins. Uncle Frank, Uncle Frank's offspring. That's so weird because, like, all of his cousins. I, I think there's three families though. There's three because there's the the brunette ones whose parents live in France. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on logistically of how everyone came together mm-hmm. and where they're going. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's some Callister family. You've got Uncle Frank and his wife. Uh, I can't remember her name. Um. Uh, and, you know, they might not even have any kids. I don't know. And I guess uh, the other cousins are actually from Paris. Yeah. But, yeah, that was always something that was never really clear to me was, like, the family relationships. It's it's clear that Buzz is his brother, though. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> but, like, I always thought that they were all, like, at least the dark-haired kid with glasses was also the brother. Because I thought him and Buzz shared a room. Oh, um, but he did. Maybe he's just, he's just trying room. to be nice. <laughs> that guy. Yeah, yeah. What about Fuller? It's his cousin. Cousin, technically. Okay. Yeah, it's his brother in real life, but <laughs> Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. That that's always been some uh, a classic line that we quote in our family. <laughs> Nothing's more iconic than that smile from Kieran Culkin. <laughs> staring straight into the camera. <laughs> I I would say I I feel like there are plenty of plot holes and whatnot in this movie, but I just like don't care. Not only there's there's not that many plot holes because they go out of their way to explain their situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. At the beginning of the movie, there's probably like three plot setup points. I love how she like. She goes through all this effort to, like, get back. And then she literally gets there, like, two minutes oh, before the rest I of the family so gets back. I would be pissed, dearie. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Oh. She's been on, like, several planes trying to get back. I haven't slept in 48 hours. She's been fighting with every airline clerk from, from Paris to the U.S. <laughs> she gets in a in a truck with a bunch of polka musicians but it's john candy so you trust him yeah you brought it up (laughs) that story of that he tells (laughs) that had to be improv it it was it it, if you can believe what's what is said online basically like all of his lines were just improv Mm -hmm. basically he just like worked for a day and he did it as like a favor to john hughes yeah and uh, hey, uh, here's a uh, trivia question for you. How much was the pizza that uh, at the beginning of the movie? How much was owed? One hundred twenty-two fifty plus tip. Plus tip. Nice tip. <laughs> nice tip. Have a good one. That's such a weird thing <laughs> to say. Nice tip. Thanks a lot. Well, you know, well, what's what's funny about that is, see, he gets the nice tip, but then later when Kevin orders the pizza. And he tells him to keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> He's like a hey, cheapskate. 
he was probably expecting to get a nice tip again going back to that house. John, then we can go round trip. Basic economy, dude, for $937. I don't know. Right. If we're going to go, we're going to go like the McAllister's. First class. First class, huh? Oh, we didn't even yeah. put that in. Uh, Okay. So we got main cabin, premium economy, business. I guess first class didn't really exist anymore. Premium economy. I'm just going to assume it's that. $1,500. Not that bad compared. Yeah, I feel like if you're going on that long of a flight, you should splurge for first class. <laughs> stretch out Except it's so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I can book this right now, Jonathan. We can leave at 11 a.m. tomorrow. Well, book it once that Popeye sponsorship comes through. All right. That money hits our inside quotes bank account. You can book it. American Airlines, if you want to send us to Paris, France, uh, we'll shout you out again. We'll shout you out just as loud as Kevin's mom says, Kevin! <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you a question. Um, so, like, who do you blame for all this? Like, oh, man. Like, do you, think, do you think Kevin is just a brat? Or do you think his family, like, really, like, treats him like garbage? As the young who's, who's, myself, whose side do you take on this? As the youngest child myself, I do relate to uh, the constant neglect. So I'm the one always getting dumped on. Yeah. Um, so I do. Oh, I just remembered a story you got to tell later. What? <laughs> Why did why how did we not think of this already? We need to tell a story of a certain group meeting, a church oh, group yeah. meeting. I, I remember I was I was gonna bring this up. I just okay 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 okay. Um, so we can talk about that now and then move on to the airport scene. Well, answer the question then. Okay. Who do I blame for all this? I don't blame Kevin because once again he's eight years old. Um, although like they were running late. And they did count 11 kids. Yeah. Um, and a partridge in a pear tree. I guess blame isn't, isn't the right word for it, because I didn't mean that. I think I meant just more of like, do you think, do you think they treat him well? <laughs> um, I think, or do you think he's just a brat? Kid, I think when you're being... Or is it a little bit of both? A while, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I remember being the annoying kid constantly. Mm-hmm. Um. And I was, I would always get the, the cold shoulder. I feel like when I've rewatched it, oh, as I've been older, because as a kid, I just assumed, oh, he's, he's such a brat. He says family suck, <laughs> you know. And he's like, it's like oh, I, I don't want to see any of you guys for the rest of my life. And I'm just like, what a, what a brat. <laughs> then I'm older, and I'm like, this family does not treat him very well. Did you just lock him in the attic just because he no one, killed pizza or tackled his brother? No one saved him a slice of plain cheese pizza. That's his fault for being picky. There's nothing I hate more than a picky child eater. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't do that. My child will be eating everything. You know Buzz is just like picking on him all the time. I know. I, I do like Buzz in the second movie a lot more than in the first movie. He's way better. Yeah. See, here, here's my thing with the, the second movie, and I haven't watched it in a long time, so I could, be, I could be off base with this, but I feel like this movie shows some, like, character development for Kevin. Yeah. And the family. And they kind of grow 
closer, even though they're and more appreciative of each other, and more mature. Kevin, more mature. But I feel like that just gets reverted in the second. And they just kind of like, they just go back to their like status quo and he's like back to being a brat. And yeah, I mean, Buzz is messing with him and, you know, and then he gets left again. And it's just, it's just very repetitive of the first movie. So it just feels like no one learned anything from the first one. And the whole thing is just set up for some classic slap slapstick comedy at the end, <laughs> which is good, but... That's one of my critiques with the second one. I'm sure we'll cover the second one eventually. Um, so yeah, the pizza scene spills the milk everywhere. He actually, I, I saw this on TikTok. Somebody caught this recently, uh, this year watching it, that um, whenever he was cleaning up all the milk spilled and everything, and uh, the dad, I guess his name's Peter McAllister, I think. Yeah. Uh, he actually accidentally threw away Kevin's passport. So he counted them all. But like, even if you're in, I don't know. I don't know what it's like to have a bunch of kids be in charge of a bunch of kids. But like, even if you're in the van and you had that special of a night, like not special of a night, but that noticeable of a night where Kevin is being a little brat, you'd remember it and you'd be like, I bet. I can see how he's doing today, or something like that. I don't know. I keep him in my in the back of my mind. Make sure, yeah. he, I, I'd be expecting him to still be a brat. But yeah, and he still had to share a bed with Fuller too, in the attic. Fuller, Fuller, Fuller's a little turd. He just got up without him. Didn't even tell him. I blame Fuller. <laughs> I blame Fuller. <laughs> I I have not thought of that before. But I, yeah, here here he is, folks. Where did where did Fuller sleep that night? If he didn't sleep up there with Kevin, he did. Well, we don't see it. Maybe Fuller slept in Kevin's bed. No, but no, I like the theory that Fuller just like straight up like I heard what you said about me. I don't pee the bed that much anymore. <laughs> I'm not waking you up. I'm not going to Paris with you. Yo, Fuller's a little thug. <laughs> that he knew what he was doing when he looked at him in that face. <laughs> Fuller is the villain of this movie. So like you were saying with like the movie, it, it does like explain a lot as far as the contrivance of him being left at home and them not being able to get in contact. And it's like, well, they leave him because they're rushed because a storm knocks out the power. So no one wakes up on time. They're in a rush. Don't they that. barely get on the plane. I don't believe that one. Um, there's a lot of people in that house. Two, there are at least 11 kids that some of them are young and they should get up early. I don't remember sleeping in until like 12. I bet Fuller got up before all of them and just went in and started making cereal and watching TV and he didn't wake up anybody. Probably. Probably chugged a Pepsi <laughs> at two in the, or two in the morning. <laughs> Second, our dad gets up super early. He doesn't even use an alarm clock. And one of the adults, at least there's four adults in that house. One of them had to have been a good sleeper and like an easy morning person. Definitely wasn't Frank, though. So I guess I'm kind of confused now. I'm trying to I'm trying to remember the exact wording of the line, but that basically it knocks out the phone lines, right? Yeah. So that's why they're not able to call the house from Paris. 
but it did knock out the power. But the power, well, the power was knocked out. So he, like the alarm clocks went out, but they did get the power the back on, but they didn't fix the phone lines. The phone lines, the storm. Yeah, knocked out the, maybe he did, maybe he did. But he also the 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 phone guy ever so conveniently talked to her as she was trying to leave in the van, saying this could take days. Yeah, yeah. It's a real mess. So they're trying to fix it. Another, another like small character, but it's just very memorable. Is the kid that just walks up and is is going through everybody's stuff in the van and asking all the employees, all the uh, the drivers, like questions. Have good gas mileage. Does it have four wheel drive? <laughs> all right, bring back some French. I love how he's just like going through the bags and like he's like oh finds a yo yo and he un. <laughs> He's like playing with a yo-yo and then he finds a picture and a camera and takes a picture. Now, I would love how much, how great would that be if they just kidnapped that kid on accident? That would See, and he was being just as annoying as Kevin, so I'd believe it that they would count him. No, I think it would be it would add to the story and it'd be way more funny if they just randomly kidnapped that kidnapped that kid. <laughs> he just went along for the ride to Paris. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, the mom had to like take her him back with it, like John Candy. That would be really funny. <laughs> Where's that kid's parents? I know. What is he doing up at like eight a.m.? That kid's always walking around. He, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he'd figure it out. He's oh, he he's like that kid from RV that just like walks <laughs> around, never goes to sleep. Hi, Mister Monroe. I haven't slept since I was five. Oh, this movie. This movie has a uh, has a connection to RV, kind of. Uh, well, RV is the funniest movie since Home Alone. We were at Walmart one time, and as we were leaving, they've got like the greeters or whatever that like check your receipts as you're on the way out. And there was this guy there. <laughs> Depending on if it's like a <laughs> a high risk Walmart or not, <laughs> yeah. check your receipts in like the suburbs. <laughs> Well, the, this guy was there and he was talking to us and he was talking about how him and his wife just went to see this movie RV and he was just talking its praises and he was like, oh, this it was the funniest movie since Home Alone. So I was like, I was really excited to see RV because I was like, Home Alone is like one of my favorite movies, probably like in my top five movies of all time. <laughs> it's the stapliest of staples. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. RV is great. I did not like RV the first time I saw it, but I know we'll cover it. Yeah, it's definitely grown on me over time. Um, so back to the pizza scene, <laughs> where the iconic line: "Did anybody save any cheese pizzas for me?" And Buzz says, "Yeah, we did, but we ate it all. So if you want, we're gonna have to barf it all up." And I guess that was the straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> Kevin, get a plate. Um, and I thought that was funny. That became a huge saying in our house. Like, mm-hmm. Mom, can you pass the the yams or something? And Dad would be like, "Well, we could, but we'd have to barf it all up because that'd be like the first thing gone at, at dinner time." Definitely wasn't the big chicken. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we would say that all the time. That's probably one of the. That's probably the most quoted quotes in our family as a whole or especially around dinner time um especially around the holidays especially around the holidays 
So naturally, um, I take this out into the world because I think that's okay. And we're at the preacher's house for a group meeting, potluck type thing. And I'm I'm eight years old, something like that. And I sit down, and the preacher sits down next to me and starts talking to me. And I got something on the on on the buffet table or whatever. And I guess he didn't see it. He was like, "Oh, I didn't see that. That looks really good." I guess I guess they're all out of it. And I said, "Yeah, if you want some, we're gonna have to barf it all up." And my mom <laughs> heard me, and she was like, "Jeremy." You're done. <laughs> History. Kiss a goodbye. <laughs> she was so embarrassed from that. She, I don't know if I immediately was spanked on the spot or I just got home. <laughs> I, I got a whooping that day. Multiple <laughs> from mom because I quoted a movie in front of the preacher and he got the quote. You know he did. Well, I see. I did not witness this. I heard about it later. He got but oh, and he was laughing. And he from what funny. I, I was gonna say, when whenever I heard about it, I remember him that he thought it was funny. Uh, he wasn't offended by it. Next time I come down, I'll probably have, I'll have to go talk to him and I'll see if he remembers that story at all. He probably won't. I, I remember. I remember you getting a whipping at home. I got a whipping for that. And, and you had to like call and apologize to him yeah, too, right? I, I had to call <laughs> and apologize, saying. I'm sorry for being crude and saying uh, vomit jokes. <laughs> and then I was like, "But you got the you got the quote right." <laughs> I told the I told the preacher if he wanted any of this, I don't even know what it was. I guess it was garlic bread or so. I feel like it was garlic bread. Yeah. Mm. I'll have to barf it all up, even though I hadn't even eaten it yet. <laughs> <laughs> Look. You saw an opportunity and you seized it. An opportunity and I seized it, boss. <laughs> well, we've talked a while and we have not really mentioned Marv or Harry all that much. Wow, we haven't. I don't know no snakes. Snakes, snakes. Well, let's talk about that. I mean, can you name a more iconic duo? I'll wait. Shrek and Donkey. Sean and Man, Bear. I didn't have to. I did not have to wait long on that one. Um. It just works so well. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Yeah. And it's not like anything you would like think to put together, but it works. An Oscar winning actor, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. <laughs> Narrator of the Wonder Years. <laughs> Coach Brinkma. Coach Brick Brick. Actually hadn't he hadn't done that yet. What do you think of their uh hit uh Daniel Stern's calling card of the Wet Bandits. I think it's a little gimmicky, but it works. <laughs> Better than the Sticky Bandits. Although, the yeah. Bandits is a lot funnier. I think the Wet Bandits <laughs> is just a douchebag move. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Sticky yeah. Bandits is actually a better option. So that is one way where Tomlin 2 is better, but it's not. Jonathan, what was your favorite uh, booby trap that he set? Hmm. I'm really giving this some serious thought here. Yeah. Which one is the favorite? Uh, probably the the hot doorknob. Mm, good choice. I think that's a classic one, and he just gets that branded M for McAllister on his palm. It's pretty sick, actually. <laughs> I think that one's my favorite. Uh, the ones that he does to uh, Joe Pesci's character, I think, are the best. Yeah. 
because he goes into his like Yosemite Sam mm-hmm. cursing. <laughs> like, oh, I'm freak of freak of This is so funny. <laughs> what do you, do you have a favorite one? I don't know. I think I want to say blowtorch to the head, but with combination of feathers. Because it's pretty genius. Mm. Those are good. The paint cans are good too on the staircase. I, I think I like that a lot. And then I like the the iced over staircase on the outside. That was funny. Let's face it, we like them all. We like them all. But I, if I had to choose one, it'd be, it'd be the the chicken feathers and the head on fire, just because of the, the <laughs> yells. I just thought of two really good ones. Uh, well, one I always like the when the blowtorch to the head is good. Because I've always liked when he like runs and sticks his head in the snow. Yeah, and his head lo- burns off his like cap, and it looks like his head looks like a soccer ball. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other one is uh, Harry is like so desperate to like get in the house. Not not Harry Marv, Daniel Stern. Uh, he's like tr- he's trying to get in the house. He's failed several times, and then finally he sees that the window is open. Yeah. And so he like crawls in and I just love how hard, <laughs> how hard he goes down on Run his feet on those ornaments. Wow. <laughs> oh. And then you just see him like trying to walk carefully, but he's still stepping on them and it's like popping. And there's just, there's so much to talk about this with this movie. Yeah. So many great scenes. Uh, I was going to mention, I, I like, we mentioned earlier with the whole like toothbrush thing as you know, it's like, Oh, is this, is this toothbrush approved by the American dental association? And, but that the neighbor comes in, uh, old man, Marley mm-hmm. South Bend shovel slayer, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> he scares him and he gets scared and he runs off. And I just love that scene where, uh, the, the clerk, the, she she asked the other guy and just like, hey, do you know if this toothbrush is approved by the ADA? And it's like, uh, I I don't know, I don't care. <laughs> he basically, you know, and Kevin gets scared by the by the old guy and starts backing up. And she's like, oh, you're, you're gonna have to pay for that, so you pay for that up here. And and but the best part of that is he starts to run for it, and she, and she's like, Jimmy, stop that boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it's just like this kid's like moment to shine. He just like turns and looks and it's just like he takes like a superhero pose. I wonder who that kid was. <laughs> and he like chases him out. And then he see he runs across the street and Jimmy sees the the cop and he's like, Hey, shoplifter. Shoplifter. <laughs> yeah, I know that. Anyway, he chases. He gets chased. Kevin runs and uh he gets away after sliding through all the between the people's legs on the ice rink. And, uh, but I love as he's walking back, he's just like, so disgusted with himself. He's just so upset. He's just like, I'm a criminal. (laughs) I mean, I would be too, if I was him. (laughs) So there's another scene that I really like when, uh, it's Kevin, he goes, he goes to visit Santa Mm -hmm. and they're like closing up. And uh, he's walking up and and the the elf is like the elf girl is like locking up and just walks up. It's like, hey, hey, nice shoes. Like, oh, thanks. (laughs) 
um i i don't know what it is about i've I've always liked the scene of like the uh when he talks to the character to the to the guy that plays santa that's like the mall santa or whatever i i don't know what it is i feel like i don't he just seems like he's actually a nice guy like he's actually sitting there to like take the time and like actually talk to this kid and actually try and put up like the front again even though his like his beard is like half off and whatnot and like he's like i know you're not the real one but I also know you work for him. He's like, what did you say that? Oh, okay. Hold out your little paw there. Every kid every kid needs a little something. Visit Santa Claus. My elf took the rest of the candy canes home to her boyfriend. <laughs> Give him a tic-tac. But I love it. I love after all that. And then he, he takes a moment with the kid and everything. And then, then he, he tries to start the car and it just won't start. <laughs> I felt so bad for him. <laughs> The uh, the character of uh, Marley, I don't know. I just that that's just like a very real thing for like kids to just like see someone and be scared of them. Never and cracker. to just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He is the never cracker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people. You just hear one little thing about a person, and kids just kind of make up this whole story about them, this lore, and uh, so it's just like it's just very realistic. I think. I think the movie does a pretty good job of like showing showing how kevin views things and whatnot like in the basement and how that was like freaking him out and everything i think that's cool um but i think the scene between him him and and and, and marley at the church is actually like a really good scene i yeah, always really, really liked is. it i feel like it's a good it's a good moment the moment he realizes he's not afraid of him anymore Mm-hmm. is like he's automatically like oh i'm gonna be your therapist actually <laughs> why don't you talk to your son <laughs> from from what i've heard about it this this movie was like huge when it came out this yeah. was like a major blockbuster like this thing took the world by storm like yeah. it made a ton of money and uh it was a huge huge hit oh my goodness the budget was 18 million dollars and in the opening weekend, they made seventeen million dollars. Is that not? Is that great or not that good? Uh, that's that's good. They made yeah. back their entire budget in one weekend. That's that's really good. One weekend, and cumulatively, it went on to make like three hundred million or something. Four hundred and sixty-five right? million worldwide. That's now. that. I mean, that's that's like making a. A billion dollars now. Yeah. Like a movie. Wow. You know, we're talking Marvel movies type box office numbers. Um, it was a huge hit. So, of course, they were going to greenlight a sequel. Yeah. As fast as possible. Don't you mean greenlight four sequels? But yes. Even though, you know, actually, that's. Count? So, did you know that they are rebooting this for Disney Plus, like every other movie that we're covering? Of course. On this podcast? Of course. Uh, it's either a remake. I think it's a remake. I don't think it's a series. I think it's just a remake. Another Home Alone movie. Um, but I know that it's got, and I don't. You you never saw Jojo Rabbit, right? No, I have not yet. It has one of the kids from Jojo Rabbit. Um, Jojo's friend. Uh, I can't remember his name. The chubby. Kid? I think the kid's name is like is Art. What? The chubby kid that looks like me? Yes. Okay. 
And it actually makes me really excited because that kid like stole the show oh, in that movie. He was so funny. Yeah. So if he's in this movie, I, I hope it's I hope it's good. I'll, I'll give it a chance. Well, uh, before we wrap this up here, I want to talk about the ending here. I wanted to, because the mom, and we haven't even mentioned this really, but like the mom, Catherine O'Hara is like so great in this movie. She's so funny. She's great in everything she does. And uh, it's I, I I can't let the podcast end without giving her some props, but. I love how, like, she gets home, they have a, a good, you know, they reunite, but then everything just goes back to normal, like, so quickly. Like, they're there for, like, two minutes, and then everyone, and then she's suddenly like, oh, we gotta go to the store and get milk, What what's open, Let's we gotta go, and, like, I love, everyone just disperses and leaves him to himself again. I know, that's so dumb. <laughs> and it's like, what? And they're not even acknowledging <laughs> and, the fact that. Their dad just at least lost seven thousand dollars at least. That's <laughs> gonna lose a lot more when he sees that room service bill in the second one. <laughs> yeah. And so that that actually that's part of my reason of like, is the family all that great? <laughs> I feel like they actually don't really care about Kevin that much. It's not the best. But they do. The mom like the mom the mom cared and she was like on a crusade to get back. Siblings and she always even, get a pass because siblings are always mean to each other. <laughs> and she 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 even paid that couple five hundred dollars in a pair of earrings, yeah, so she could get back on the flight. And I love that old man that's like, she's like, "Come on, Irene, the plane is boarding." <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, this, yeah. this, this, "Oh, uh, this young this this lady has offered us five hundred dollars if we take the flight tomorrow." And, nah, and so this pair of earrings and. She's got a shoebox full of dangly ones. Let's go. <laughs> she got a, I love that guy. Dangly ones. <laughs> and then and then she's like, I'm I'm begging you as a mother to a mother, please. And then she's like, oh, Ed. And he's like, oh, all right. <laughs> Jonathan, he wants, you want that man to be your spirit animal? <laughs> I there's I was I was mentioning it earlier. I I love every little character in this movie is so great. They're all so memorable. I just uh they just have stuck with me. That's if it's if it's not that old man at the airport, if it's not Jimmy the the shopkeeper, yeah. <laughs> clerk the the elf, the Santa guy, um it's just everyone in this movie is it's great. Everything is perfect and the cast is great. But yeah. It, it's something special when you can really make every single detail about this movie iconic and imprinted. And this is really a, a national treasure. Mm-hmm. And what makes this so good for our podcast is it's just so quotable. Yeah. There's so many good lines. It's, it's fun. It's very funny. <laughs> and uh, it's why it's stuck with our family for years and years. Yeah. Anyways, I feel like there's there's a lot more to say about this one, but I know we're going to be covering Home Alone 2 and Home Alone 3 in the future, so we'll save our, our thoughts. We'll let our, our remaining thoughts bleed into those episodes. Yeah. Oh, I, I, can't, I can't move forward without saying one other thing. All that junk food he was eating while watching The Grinch in this movie, <laughs> the ice cream oh, and the syrup God. and the marshmallows. You know, every kid would do that if they had the chance. I would. <laughs> Mom. 
I'm eating junk and watching rubbish. Better come out and stop me. Watching rubbish. <laughs> British boy Kevin McAllister. Watching rubbish on the naughty list. Yeah, we just got to go through and do some rapid fire like quotes because I, I I feel like there's many we've missed. Like, uh, Buzz, your girlfriend. Woof. Woof. Snakes. No, I don't know no snakes. AC ain't in charge no more. If it, if it makes you feel any better, I forgot my reading glasses. <laughs> True. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Uh, <laughs> there's so many. I can't remember anything. Uh, another one. Another one that our family quoted all the time was when his sister came up. Came up. It's like, besides, you know, mom's gonna pack your suitcase anyway. You're what the French call yeah. les incompetents. Oh, Kevin, you're such a disease. Forgot about that one. Yes, yes. Kevin, I'm gonna feed you to my tarantula. Kevin, I'm gonna... <laughs> that was just something he. That wasn't. All of them were things you've already heard, but that was one of the things that he you hadn't heard. I actually I wanted to. I forgot to mention that when we when it did show that. So he's he's thinking about all the stuff that his family said, and it shows the little silhouettes behind him. And I was serious. All all of those lines aren't exactly the cuts that we hear in the movie they're all like slightly different and so it's kind of like that's kevin's perception of like how he remembers Mm -hmm. so i kind of think that that was kind of interesting it's like uncle frank and said is his is kind of said a lot different than it is early in the movie it's like look what you did you little jerk (laughs) (laughs) look what you did you little jerk but I always the one that I quoted a second ago is like Kevin, I'm gonna feed you to my tarantula. Always stuck out to me. It's like he never said that in the I movie. Yeah. <laughs> and another classic one is like, I'm sick of this family. When I grow up and I'm getting married, I'm, I'm living alone. Yeah, that's everything. There's there is not one scene in this. There's not one detail of this movie that's not just iconic. <laughs> Every yeah. single thing sticks out. The sound, the, even the sound mixing that of the airplane. That, that that's just ugh. <laughs> uh, the music, the score, mm-hmm. the actors, the actors' faces, the side characters' faces, the lines, the quotes, the gags, the stunts, the jokes—all iconic. This is what we're all about at Inside Quotes. It's just has all the all the elements of a great movie. Purest form of entertainment right there. You guys give up? Oh yeah, thirsty for more. Our show art was done by Bryce Bridgman. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at GroovyBridge. Uh, and then you can find us on Instagram as well at Inside Quotes Cast. Go ahead and give us a follow. We've got a big plans for next year. Um uh, We'll definitely have a lot more movies since we only did 25 this year. We'll, let's, let's aim for at least 40 this next year. I think we could do that. Hey, we ain't making no promises. That's true. We ain't making no promises. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we will be doing a bracket-ish type ranking of our year one movies. And so stay tuned for that in the next couple days or so. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. Maybe we'll have some phone calls of past guests. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Possibly. In case we start to argue on which movie's better, which I'm sure there will be. 
And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave a review. Five stars. Thank you very much. <laughs> Keep the change, you filthy animal. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> next episode, it's not going to be a... We're not covering a specific movie next week. But next year, Jonathan, it's going to be your turn. So what do you have in mind? I have no idea, so I'm not going to do a hint. Not making any promises. <laughs> not making any promises. Maybe we'll come up with one for the... For the... I'll believe 2021 when, when 2020 has ended. <laughs> what a year. What a year, folks. All right. Well, until next week, guys, I've been Jeremy. And I've been Jonathan. And I'm going to give you all to the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off our property before we pump your guts full of lead. All right, Johnny, I'm sorry. I'm going. One, two, ten. <laughs> Keep the change, you